welcome back. We are on episode two of this journey of laundry, yard work, and Jesus. They haven't left us yet. They haven't left us yet. Hey, by the way, I'm Josh. I'm Joe. And we are so excited to be back for episode two. Uh, last week, or last episode, we left with a question. Yes. I asked you, if your kids were to run up and ask you a question, how would you answer this one? How do you define family worship? Before you get there, just because but I wanted I need to, be to be there. Difficult. I know, I know you did, but I just have to be difficult. Yes. I figured let's start with a fun question. Okay. So we have laundry, yard work, and Jesus. Okay. So in our house, laundry becomes this topic that we semi-form opinions on, uh, and one of the opinions at our house is what's more difficult to, or which one do you dislike more, folding clothes or hanging clothes up in the closet? Okay, so you're asking me this and not my wife. Yes, or you can speak on behalf of your family if you dare. <laughs> if, if, if I dare. Well, <laughs> let, me, let me dare to say this much. Um, I, I, I like helping out around the house. We do have kind of family cleanup times to try to help. Mm -hmm. up, so even, you know, what's going on. I'm not usually allowed to fold clothes. Okay. I'm there. I think I fold clothes perfectly fine. That's fine. good enough for me for the way I used to fold my clothes when I was a teenager, and I don't see a reason to improve in my skills. And my wife disagrees with that, <laughs> and uh, that's fair. Is not does not uh, does not approve of my method of folding clothes. So um, I still prefer to fold clothes because my problem with hanging clothes up okay. is we don't have the most closet space where we rent, and so. When I hang up clothes, I'm like stuffing them in the closet, and so the closet, like, it can't close the closet doors, yes, and they 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 pop out. So I would rather fold clothes than hang clothes. Although in reality, I'm not actually allowed to do either. <laughs> How about you? Oh man, wow, that's nice. You've been banned from laundry altogether. It sounds like I do dishes. Dishes, <laughs> yeah, okay. dishes are my thing. Right, there's a trade-off there. There you uh, go. Yeah, so. Our house is pretty much consensus. We'd rather fold than hang up. I don't know what it is. It must just be the uh, putting the hanger in the clothes. That's something we're uh, we just do not like. So, uh, yeah, we we have a great dislike for hanging up clothes. And I think it was because we had a closet like you're talking about. And now the new house we moved into, we have this thing called a walk-in closet. Yeah, I, I I've never had one of those. I hadn't either uh -huh. until now, and. I don't know what to do with it. Like, I go in the closet and there's so much space. I'm like, I don't have this many clothes. What do I do with this? And then I look at my wife and she fills it up. So, gotcha. Oh, yeah. there we go. It's how it works. There we um, go. But yeah, so laundry is fun and it's just never ending. And so is our walk with Jesus. <laughs> That's my segue. Look at that segue. That was a stretch right there. Hey. That was. You, you got to stretch it. <laughs> that was a stretch. Back no, to no, the cramps, no cramps on this metaphor. That's right. It's stretched None out. at all. <laughs> We're here to help you laugh a little bit. Yeah, today. there we go. Uh, so how <laughs> would you define family worship? Okay, so it, talking to my kids, mm -hmm. how, it's, how I would talk to my kids about family worship would be um, just, you know, just try to simplify it as much as possible is we want to, that Jesus is basically the foundation of our family. He's our Savior, He's our Lord. And so we need to 
focus on him each day. Okay. And, and each way. And try to connect with him, worship him, praise him. It's good for us. It honors God. And we want to be a family that honors God. And yeah. So that is, that's how I would describe it to my kids. It's ways for us to honor God. That's awesome. As, as a family. As a yeah. family. That's real good. How about yeah. you? How would you define it before we get into like our prepared yeah. definition? Before we kind of dive into that book we talked about last week, Family Worship by Donald Whitney, um, I think I would do the same. Simplify it. And I'd probably say something to the effect of Jesus comes first in our home and these these are things we do that help us love Jesus. Yeah. And I think I would frame it in that way at, somehow. Yeah. So, yeah, but the good news is there are smart people who've written books about this stuff. Yes. And we want to kind of talk about that and use those tools to really develop a good definition for us from here on out. Yeah. So, uh, we, you know, we were talking about it and looking at some of the different definitions that have kind of um, we've seen and read and, and um, kind of knocked around a little bit. Um, but when we talk about family worship... Like the act of family worship, mm-hmm. um, the idea of family worship. It, it really is about building habits that focus our family on Jesus. Yeah. It's, it's finding, it's, it's, you know, if we're going to have a lifestyle that honors God, and as a family we want to have lifestyles that honor God, but for something to become a, a lifestyle, it has to be a, a practice. You, you have to develop those habits. Your habits make up your lifestyle, Right. Yeah. So kind of focusing in on having times where we're working on building, developing, creating those habits that focus and redirect our family on Jesus. Yeah, no, that's really good. I, I, when we were talking about it, I think I fell in love with the word habit that focuses our family on Jesus or habits that focus our family on Jesus because that's what we do with our kids. We want to help them find these habits that make their life better, or at least make them a responsible adult. You know, mm-hmm. we want them to get in the habit of brushing their teeth every single morning. We need them to do that. I mean, if you don't do that, please listen to this. <laughs> Have your kids brush their teeth. Um, in the habit of, as they get older, deodorant. It's a wonderful thing. It's such an important thing. And those, they sound so simple. But life gets a whole lot differ- different if you don't do those habits. Definitely. Don't develop those habits. And it's the same with family worship. Uh, it can really make a big impact for better or worse if we don't develop these habits. And, you know, it's something you, you, know, you mentioned there, develop a habit for better or worse. If you're not in the habit of worshiping as a family, if, you're not, if you don't have those uh, habits in your family that point be able to Jesus, there's a sense in which you have a habit of not worshiping Jesus as a family. Yeah. You know, not to, not, not to hit the negative side of things, but, you know, it's kind of the, the idea that you're always discipling your kids mm-hmm. to something. It's just, are you, what are you discipling them to? Are you discipling them to Jesus or are you discipling them to, uh, you know, worldliness or into sports or into, like, what, what are you... They're, not to say you're only, you have to pick one you can only disciple them into. Like, I want my kids to be LSU fans and follow Jesus. Not in that order. <laughs> yes. Jesus first, uh-huh. LSU eh, a little farther down the list. But, that's right. But making sure that Jesus is the main thing in our family. And our kids know that that's really important to us as people and us as a family. Yeah. And because if we say we love Jesus, then we should have those habits in our life. 
individually, but it also should bleed into our family. In the same way, I, right now, this is uh, September. It's yep. early college football season, mm -hmm. one of my favorite times of year. And I have a habit of every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. watching college game day during football season. Real quick off habit. Uh-huh. Lee Corso, yay or nay? I think Lee Corso would love retirement in Florida. <laughs> that is my opinion. On I love the mascot heads. I'll the mascot the heads. There yes. we go. Okay. That's right. Uh, uh, and the reason I have an opinion is because I have that habit <laughs> of watching it every Saturday. And I have developed that habit with my son as well and the whole family. It's a thing. At 8.45 or 8.50 on a Saturday morning, I hear, hurry, it's about to come yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Because that's the habit we've developed. Uh -huh. And if all I ever do is develop a habit for college football, I don't want my kids thinking I love football more than I love Jesus. Right. And this family worship helps us have a balance there and really put Jesus at the center of our home. And I think uh, I think the sports analogy works really well mm. because I I don't think I mean maybe you did I mean I haven't necessarily where I've sat down and said I want my kids to be LSU fans. Mm. This is how I'm going to do this. I mean, there's actually sort of is because we are a split home. So there is a little bit of a co co you know, competition there. But um, but it's not like, you know, is that, it's that uh, we're going to do this. Kids, you have to be here for this. You have to like this. You have to be a part of this. They catch that from us mm. because they see us practice and we invite them into that with us. Yeah. And so it naturally kind of rubs off on them. I think a lot of discipleship is... Not just taught, but it's caught. Yeah. And so these habits of family worship are really just keeping us in check, helping us to obey God, yeah. but also um, our invitations for our kids to join us on our walk with God. So that way they can kind of catch that too. So like you said, that they can see that passion for Jesus yeah. just as they see our passion for sports or other things. Yeah. No, that's, that's fantastic. Um, I'm still hoping that my passion for Tennessee football uh, is passed on to my son, who currently has a passion for Florida Gator football. <laughs> so I talked with him about that the other the other week. Uh -huh. And you need to steer him in another direction. I'm trying. That's not Alabama or Georgia, because he keeps wanting to go those directions. No, no, um, no. And if you are a Florida, Alabama, or Georgia fan, I pray for you. So Good. You should. Go Vols. Uh, I won't go there, but... Had to try, but I'm I'm fine with going against Florida. I'm fine with going against uh, definitely Alabama. Oh my goodness! Oh, that's true. That's true. Right. Anyway, back from our digression. That's right. Back yes. from our digression. Um, so we said that we want to follow God, right? We want to we want to honor God in our obedience because as parents, this is a privilege mm -hmm. to to lead our families into worshiping God but also in developing these habits. It's also, um, it's also really a command. It's also something that uh, God has told parents and told uh, us to, to do, to inspire our children and to kind of keep putting these before. And you, uh, you've got Deuteronomy up, right? I do. I do have Deuteronomy up. You know, we, 
Uh, we don't want to be people who just do things that we think work. We want to be people who are driven by the Word of God. And thankfully, uh, we get clear instruction. And Deuteronomy 6 is kind of the premier passage for uh, the parents' responsibility to build faith in the home. And so Deuteronomy 6, uh, I'm going to read verses 4 to, to 9. And here is what the Word of God says. Listen, Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These words that I am giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your city gates. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so some of the big things that jump out from this passage, mm-hmm. um, big takeaways are, uh, for me, this screams um, intentionality. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he says, you shall teach them diligently to your children. Yeah. So, you know, consistently. Um, bind these in words in front of <laughs> in front of your face and write them on your doorpost. And I don't think he's talking about here. You know, of course we don't have Lifeway physical stores anymore. But you know, when you get the when you get the, the Christian book catalog that you order all the Jesus junk that you can find and put That's on right. your uh, all over the place. You know, everything needs to have a Bible verse on it. Otherwise, it's not holy. So you don't have to go to Hobby Lobby and buy all the Bible verse wall art. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But. Um, but your home should be a place that resonates with the heart of God. Yeah. It should be, we should be looking for intentional ways where we are um, pointing our kids to Christ and making them familiar with the things of Christ and the doctrines of Christ. What, what jumps out to you? Yeah, no, I, I think that is true. This um, It really paints this picture of... Uh, raising our kids in an environment that is uh, really saturated with the presence and uh, the Word of God everywhere we go. And whether that's in the way we talk or um, I like how it it covers pretty much every aspect of daily life. You know, yeah. Whether you are getting up, whether you're going to bed, whether you're walking on the way, whether you're at the house, may we be people who are always pointing our kids to Jesus. And I think it, it's very intentional here that it uh, has this all-encompassing approach. Yeah. Uh, and it's also practical. It's practical to say, hey, you know, even for us, we don't walk on the road necessarily, but driving down the street. Sure. Can we have conversations with our kids about Jesus? Uh, and seeing those opportunities to just uh, put Jesus into the everyday rhythm of life. Right. And in I like what you said, having it into the everyday rhythm of life, building that in, because what I hope, if anyone's still listening, <laughs> we don't know yet. We haven't released the first episode yet, so That's we, don't, right. we yes. don't know. But uh, we hope you're not taking away from this that there needs to be a rigid, mm. you need to have a rigid church service in your house, daily, weekly, quarterly, sacrifice a lamb every new moon or whatever to, to, to worship God because my family doesn't look like Josh's family mm-hmm. and our families don't look like your like every family have similarities you know we're more similar than different 
But every family has different life rhythms, depending on what kind of job you might have, whether you're shift work or not. A one, you know, one parent home, two parent home, blended families, or, you know, different school systems and obligations. But what, however your family looks, mm. you need to find a way to try to have this built into those rhythms, you know? Yeah, and it's not, well, we talked about this in the first episode, it's not adding one more thing. Right. It's making Jesus the center of everything we do. That's right. And so often in this conversation of family worship, as we develop these habits, there's a lot of guilt and shame that can come up. Like, man, I didn't do this today. Or I forgot to pray with my kids before they went to school this morning. I'm a terrible dad. Mm-hmm. Well, there's grace. And Definitely. we need to uh, be aware of that. And we can't fall into that trap of thinking, uh, if I don't do this, I'm a failure. Right. You know, we were actually just talking over lunch about uh, one of the things we want to teach our kids. And this is totally un- unrelated to this. This was not, <laughs> not planned. Is that how, for some of our kids, and for, for some of us adults, and for some of us me, um, <laughs> that if we can't, if we don't feel like we can hit a home run, we'd rather not go up to bat. Yeah. That if we can't, if we can't excel at something immediately, then we might not even want to try. And so you had a phrase you said, uh, "Focus on the try, not on the win." Mm-hmm. Is that was that I that I quote you right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, if I can remember it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you so, go. It sounds. Good. It sounds good. Yeah. I'll give you credit for that. There we go. Um, but yeah, if something is worth doing well, then it's worth doing badly first until you can get well. Yeah. Um, and so uh, yeah, I just would, John and Josh, just encourage you, if you've never done this before, if you've never thought about this before. That's okay. This is not a judgment thing. This isn't a pressure or a shame thing. I just want to encourage you to take that first step and to think over your schedule and think over how you can incorporate these habits and create these habits in your own space to point your kids to Jesus on a daily or weekly um, level. Yeah, because the goal is to lead our kids to love Jesus. That's right. And we have to keep that in mind. The goal is not to have a worship service every Tuesday night at home. The goal is that we lead our children and us to love Jesus at home. And we have to keep that in front of us at all times because uh, it's easy for us uh, to put the wrong emphasis in the wrong, in the wrong place. Right. And uh, that's why I love when we come to this passage, you know, this was one of the foundational passages in all of the life of an Israelite. Jesus quotes from this when he's talked about what is the greatest commandment. That's right. And this really was the heart of what it meant to love the Lord your God. And the way he, that is phrased, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, is painting us a picture of loving God with everything we have. Definitely. And that is why we want to develop these habits that focus our family on Jesus. Definitely. And you, you see this really kind of throughout Scripture, that sometimes Israel's done really well with this. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, most of the time, they struggled, they struggled with this. Um, one of the things, so again, the, the book we're kind of referencing, as you can tell, we're not really like going page by page through this, but mm-hmm. we're just kind of using a launch point, is chapter one of Don Whitney's um, Family Worship. By the way, speaking of sports, uh, I actually got to cut, he came to one of my small groups one time when I was in seminary. Oh, wow. Encyclopedic knowledge of college football. Like, really? calling out running back stats from some, like, we were just quizzing him at some point in time. Um, 
knows just about everything there is to know statistically That's about college fantastic. football. He knows a lot about God, too. <laughs> and uh, As you can see. As you can see, if we release the video of this. That's right. If not, just take our word for it. That's <laughs> right. Look at the book. Um, but in chapter one, he really goes through scripture and looks at the examples mm. of families, uh, of family worship. And he points out how being able to, for God's people to gather, like we get to here at First Andridge, on a weekly basis is an amazing privilege that most of Christian history did not get to have. Mm. Yeah. You know, most of the history of God's people, think of the Israelites, they had like three festivals a year. Mm-hmm. And one big one where they all came to Jerusalem. They didn't have synagogues even until after uh, the Babylonian captivity and after they there's were so like the first 1500 years of Israel history or 800 years of Israel's history was primarily family led. Yeah. Um, so you look at the examples of like Abraham, you look at um, you look at Job. and you see uh, the expectation, you know, Abraham taking Isaac up on the mountain. And Isaac saying, okay, well, we've got the wood and we've got the fire, but we don't have the lamb. Yeah. Because there was a practice of sacrifice and a practice of worship already in there. So Isaac knew what worship looked like. So when his dad said, we're going to worship, even Isaac knew, at however young age he was, hey, we're missing something. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, that's, that's a great point. And I think you had said this earlier, um, so I'm going to give you credit of that. those habits we build in throughout the week prepare us to go to worship on Sunday mornings to worship God collectively with all the believers in the church he has placed us in. And I think that's a great picture of what the benefit this does for us uh, as we go on this journey of developing those habits in our family. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so... Now kind of shifting gears, because, you know, we're, we're going to talk about, like, kind of the nuts and bolts of family worship and, and brainstorm some ideas kind of in a later episode. As we get there, I think it's probably going to be about two episodes or so where yeah. we really break that down a little bit. Um, but just kind of briefly an overview, how are you not putting, you know, we are going to put ourselves on the spotlight because we came up with the idea, sure. <laughs> unfortunately. But not to say that we're doing this perfectly or expertly or aren't growing in our own walks and our own leadership, mm-hmm. but um, currently, kind of, what's what's your plan? How do you how do you and Megan lead your family in worship? Yeah, so um, that principle that I mentioned in the first episode, uh, we want to love Jesus and have fun, and we tell our kids that a lot, and we want that to be the uh, overarching principle of that guides our family worship as we look at these habits that we're developing. Uh, practically, uh, that looks like uh, we pray with our kids every morning before school. Uh, we pray with them over their day, and we ask, okay, what's one thing I can pray for you about? Uh, and really, we want to develop that habit of we start our day in prayer. We don't just go about our day thinking, I can do this, and then when something gets, when a problem comes up, we say, oh, I should probably talk to Jesus. But our day starts meeting with him. And uh, the other thing, big thing that we have done is we take advantage of mealtimes. And this has looked different throughout the ages and the kids' uh, stage that we're in. But we 
we had someone model this for us, but we, every mealtime, we ask, what was the best part of your day? Mm -hmm. And that kind of creates conversation that leads to uh, just some spiritual conversations that we have. Uh, I have a little, it's a resource that I had found at a conference I'd gone to, but it's almost like uh, these questions of faith. It's, some people call them catechisms. And every mealtime we'll pull one out and we'll read it and talk about it and we'll read the Bible verse and we'll pray. And it's not perfect ever. Last night we laughed our way through prayer time. And mm -hmm. you know what? It's okay because we were pointing them to Jesus. And those are a couple of the habits that we've developed uh, over the years. Yeah. So um, we are a family that thinks we can handle everything during the day because we, we, we have our prayer time at night. That's a joke, by the way. <laughs> That's a joke. We're not, we're, we're not morning people, <laughs> okay? Um, but uh, so for us and our family, we, we try to set aside time at night before bed. Mm. Where, where we kind of gather. So um, we do have uh, devotion, devotional books for our older kids, mm -hmm. for our two oldest. And so before school, while they're eating breakfast, they have to kind of go through their book. We, um, yeah, we do make them do that, yeah. although they don't, they don't hate it. And it's not uh, long or exhaustive. It takes them probably about four or five minutes to read a few verses. And, but it's getting them and trying to build, again, those habits of yeah. this, is, this is what they're doing. They have a, a, some questions that they answer that we'll kind of look over and, and go over with them. Um, meal times, again, are big. We, we, we call them highs and lows, just like you. Yeah. You know, the, what's the worst thing that happened to you today? <laughs> what's the best thing that happened to you today? Because rather than saying what's a good thing or a bad thing, because it might be maybe they just had a great day and they had nothing bad happen to them. Yeah. But there was a least favorite part of the day, yeah. right? And if there is, and you know, even if they said, well, my day was terrible, it was awful, there was, well, there was a part that was least awful, right? Yes. So it's an open-ended question that everyone can contribute to. And so uh, we, play, we, we, we play that game, and we talk, we talk things through there. And, uh, uh, we try to avoid canned prayers that pray. To, at, mm -hmm. at, when we say the blessing, we try to earnestly pray. Um, and then at night we we gather and uh, before we, we we turn off our TV the last <laughs> and then we spend probably about ten or fifteen minutes uh, reading scripture, taking prayer requests, praying together uh, before we send them off to tuck them into bed. Um, right now, you know, our kids are still pretty young, so we're using the Jesus Storybook Bible. Yeah. Um, particularly uh, with Silas. Silas is our youngest. Um, Lydia's probably about aged out of it, but they understand that even as a storybook Bible, those aren't, that's not scripture itself, which is why we have them do their devotions, uh, period. When we're done with the Jesus storybook Bible, we've got, we've got other resources that we'll use, mm. other storybook Bibles or other, um, uh, other, other resources, sometimes just scripture itself. Yeah. Uh, that we'll read a passage together and, and we'll go on and then send them to bed. Uh, one thing I want to stress is we, we, we don't bat a hundred. Yeah. Or a thousand baseball. <laughs> Baseball's a thousand. Why is baseball a thousand? Why are you a 300 batter instead of a, a, a 30% batter? Why, what does that extra digit make them feel better about themselves? I, I'm a football guy, so I'm not sure. Uh, but if anyone is listening and you can explain that to us, that would be helpful. It would be helpful for my soul <laughs> and general knowledge. I like baseball. I never understood that. But, you know, there are some nights where we just don't get to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there are some lunches and, or dinners where it's like, no, 
we 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 did we're just they're off in their own world we're off in our own world and we don't nail it perfectly there are times where you know we try to keep it fairly brief you know it takes five minutes to read the bible five ten minutes and then we pray for five minutes there are kids, you know, nights where we don't make it that long without a kid breaking down crying, one yes. hitting another, discipline needing to be happening. Yep. Um, you know, this is, uh, but when you miss a day, the, the goal is to not let one day turn into two days or two days to turn into three days or, you know, even if you get a week or two without, you, you get back on the horse and you come. The point of a habit is that this is, this is kind of expected, you yep. know? So even when we miss it, we're missing it. Um, yeah, and that's that's kind of what we do. Yeah, no, and I, I think that's an important thing to keep in mind is it doesn't have to be perfect, and we're going to we're going to forget. We're going to have those moments where we're ready to pull our hair out. They're ready to you know pull their hair out, and we got through it, and yeah. that's okay. It is. Uh, well, it's realistic. It is, that is realistic, and but the habit is the point, and you know there are. We have talked about uh, in our family about just these spiritual uh, principles that we want these habits to cultivate. So there's been times where we emphasize thankfulness. Like, yeah. You know, we're not a very thankful family right now. We need to live with grateful hearts. And so we focus more on thankfulness in some seasons than others. And, uh, you know, there are times where we have said, hey, we need this. This Bible verse is a big deal in our family. And it really captures whatever issue our family's facing. So we memorize that verse together and we'll just say it before bed each night. Mm -hmm. And those little habits, we're trusting that God can use to develop a love for Jesus in our kids, but also keep him the focus of our home. Definitely. Yeah. Um, the other thing, you know, I, <laughs> you know, there are times when things get in the way, right? There mm -hmm. are times when discipline needs to happen, personalities clash, or or sometimes, I don't just mean kids, sometimes adults are tired and cranky, especially since, you know, like I said, we do ours kind of at night. Um, but a lot of times, some of the sidetracks are questions mm. that someone has. You know what I mean? Yeah. Someone asks a question about this, and then that leads to another question, and leads to another question. Sometimes it's them just realizing, you know, we do our before bed, hey, we can stay up later if we get Dad talking about God. And so, yes. they, they, I, I am. I'm fully aware that I'm getting played, but it's a worth. It's a worthwhile venture. Yeah. And not being scared of those sidetracks and not being like, you know, we didn't read this passage the way we wanted to because we got sidetracked talking about this other thing about God that they are asking about. Those are, those are really good treasured experiences. Uh, really important, I think. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, every family's different. Some people are more rigid and others are more laid back. I tend to be more laid back, even though I have a plan in place for a lot of things. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> and so Joe laughs because he sees my detailed uh, uh -huh. weekly schedule. And, uh, but we need to keep in mind that if we say, hey, we can stay up 15 minutes after bedtime to talk about Jesus. That communicates to our kids, Jesus is that important. Definitely. Uh, because there are times that I let my kids stay up to finish watching a football game mm -hmm. or something on TV because they really asked me to. Yeah. And I communicated in that moment, okay, this is more important than you going to bed. Yeah. In the same way, when we do that with Jesus, it communicates the same thing. Absolutely. So... So that's kind of what we do, and these are things that we've picked up. And and I, I you know, and I'll 
I'll say that having been a parent now for almost nine years, our family time, our family worship time, looks different now after nine years than it did after five years mm. or after three years, you know, as we added kids. Yep. Have kids in different life stages, you know. Um, your your time, you know, I, when, when I've got a third grader and a middle schooler. God help me. <laughs> listen, listen, we're trying to encourage you guys, some of y'all on a week-to-week basis that have high schoolers, middle schoolers. Uh, you guys are encouraging me by sticking with it. That's right. <laughs> yes. you're, you're proving it can be done. And so uh, thank you guys for your faithfulness. Um, but, you know, it's going to shift this time. As our family changes, again, those, those rhythms of life are going to change. It's good to revisit these and, and, and reevaluate the plan and how we're doing and uh, either not getting rid of our habits because, you know, you've worked hard to build them up, but maybe how those play out, what, what those, how those core values play out. Yeah, and, and I'm excited as we get into more episodes here. We're going to really break apart what that can look like, how we embrace grace in our family worship, and uh, how we customize that to our families. And as we talk more about this, our hope is that we get more practical and yeah. we uh, figure out together how this can look for us on an everyday basis. That's right. So our big question for the week, okay. something for you to chew over until episode three, which will focus, if you're following along in the book, we're kind of going to look at chapter two a little bit more, or use that at least as a jumping off point. Um, so we've shared with you kind of how we've do family worship currently, and um, but has your family? Did your has your family practiced fam, family word? Boy, boy, that was a fantastic sentence that right. words died. Are hard. Words okay. are so hard. That's right. Words are hard. Um, where have you seen family worship modeled for you mm. in your own lives? Uh, did your family practice it growing up? Um, did you did you have a friend? or a friend's family that you got to spend time with that they kind of showed you? Or is this whole thing blind to you? Is this whole thing new to you? And you're like, I I hear you that this is important, but I literally have no concept of how this actually works because I've yeah. never seen it done before. Um, which is very, very good. If that's you, hang in there, stick with it, because you're in the majority, I, I guarantee you. Yes. Um, but that's something for you to think about, something for you to think about, and we'll talk next week about um, or ne- next episode about influences, modeling, experiences, and maybe where you can get some even if you haven't uh, haven't had that for you yourself. Yeah, that sounds great. I'll be thinking on that and do my best to answer it. Awesome. Well, this has been the Laundry Yard Work in Jesus podcast. That's right. The Parenting Pod. The Parenting Pod. And we'll see you next time.